Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, providing fire takes and analysis on sports topics. We have some guests providing their thoughts across the sport landscape. No narratives here. Straight talk. No chaser. We On Fire Sports Podcast. We On Fire Sports Podcast. Man, man, we got episode number 14. Man, this episode, man, this is going to be a banger, man. It's a lot of news that didn't happen over the last 48 hours across the sport landscape. Definitely, we gonna, we on five sports podcasts going to get into. Man, we had the huge big fight, Fury versus Wilder Part 3 this weekend. Definitely going to get into my thoughts about that. Uh, we're going to get into the NFL week number five that just passed. It was some great games over the weekend. Also, two across the National Football League, we got the whole situation with John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders. John Gruden resigning from the Los Angeles Raiders after some very hurtful emails that was uncovered. And we're going to also, too, get into the NBA. We got Mr. Kyrie Irving, unvaccinated. And the Brooklyn Nets saying, until you get vaccinated, we'll holler at you until you get unvaccinated. We're definitely going to get into that. Also, too, we got an update in the Ben Simmons situation up in Philadelphia. Uh, also, I'm going to have my special guest coming through to ask perspective on the National Football League Week 5 and a few other things. So, man, we got a banger, man. We on Five Sports Podcast, episode number 14. on five sports podcast man we had another hot week in the national football league week number five coming to a conclusion man it was a hot week starting off with the thursday night game between the los angeles rams 4-1 against the seattle seahawks uh who are now two and three in this particular game man i know the big story is that russell wilson injured his finger appears he's going to be out four to eight weeks in this game uh, the Rams came up victorious 26-17. This Matt Stafford had another stellar game throwing for 365 and a touchdown. Robert Woods out there snapping with 12 receptions at 150 yards in that game. As once again, the Rams go to 4-1 and one on the season. Also, two starting with Sunday's game. Very early game. Super early game because it was in London. Between the Atlanta Falcons and the New York football Jets as the Falcons win 27-20. Matt Ryan threw for 342 yards and two touchdowns. And Kyle Pitts, the big-time tight end out of the University of Florida, their first-round draft pick, caught his first NFL touchdown. Took him to go overseas to be able to get that accomplished as the Falcons go to 2-3 and and the Jets fall to 1-4. Also, to another game, which was a barn burner game, was a big-time game back and forth between the Green Bay Packers and the Cincinnati Bengals as the Packers win 25 to 22 as Aaron Rodgers again with 344 yards and two tuds Aaron Jones getting over 100 yards in that game and Devontae Adams snapping as wreck as of normal as he always does and the Bengals man I thought they had a chance to definitely win this football game man it was tight 
Joe Burrow and company trying to uh, pull off what pe- most people perceive as an upset over the pack- Packers, but they fell short as they fall to three and two on the season themselves. Then we had the Detroit Lions versus the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Minnesota was able to pull this game out 19 to 17. It was a nick and tuck battle as uh, Mr. Greg Joseph, the kicker of the Vikings, kicked the 54 yard field goal as the Vikings walk off with a victory as they go to two and three on the season. And the Detroit Lions fall to 0 and 5 on the season. Man, it's going to be a long winner in Detroit. Next game we had, we had the Denver Broncos versus the Pittsburgh Steelers as the Pittsburgh Steelers win 27-19. And man, man, it was a naked tuck game. It was a desperation game really from Pittsburgh's point of view because they definitely didn't want to go uh, one and uh, four on the season. So they was able to definitely pull this win out. It's uh, Teddy Bridgewater threw for 288, two touchdowns. Uh, got nicked up in that game with a concussion. We'll see what he looked like moving forward. Then the next game we had, battle with two Florida teams. We had the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Miami Dolphins. As man, Tom Brady just put in straight work with five touchdown passes in that game. I mean, their offense looked like it was on video game Madden mode as the Dolphins dropped to one and four in the season. Man, the Dolphins just defensively, they just didn't look right at all. Like they just was not prepared. I don't know what was going on, but they definitely was, uh, you know, snoozing out there, man. So, man, it's a rough game for them as they dropped to one and four on the season. We also too had the New Orleans Saints versus the Washington Football Team as the New Orleans Saints win 33 to 22. As James Winston threw for four touchdowns in the game, and James Winston is just Mr. Up and Down, man. For every bad game he have, he have a great game, man. So. They get the uh, win in that one, going to three and two on the season, as the Washington Football Team fall to two and three on the season. Also, too, another game that was extremely close. We had the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Carolina Panthers, as the Eagles win twenty-one to eighteen. As uh, Jalen Hurts uh, pretty much was scrambling most of the game, it was a nick and tuck game, just a rough and rugged type of game between. Two teams that's trying to, uh, you know, trying to get their uh, reputation good out here, man. Panthers one supporting time was three and zero. Now they lost the last two games. They fall to three and two, say on the season. Also, to another game, we had the Tennessee Titans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, as the Titans win thirty-seven to nineteen, as they go to three and two on the season, and the Jags fall to zero and five on the season. Man, I can't believe, man. 20 games in a row for Jacksonville Jaguars, man. The fan base down there in Duval, man. Keep y'all head up, man, because 20 in a row is, man, definitely rough, man. And Coastal an NFL record. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to catch the Tampa Bay Bucks. 26 in a row, the NFL record. But, man, they about six games away. So keep your head up down there, Trevor Lawrence. Also, too, we had the New England Pats versus the Houston Texans as the Patriots win 25 to 22. In a Nick and Tuck game, I mean, straight Nick and Tuck. They took a guy by the name of Nick Folk to build the Patriots out as they were kind of losing the entire football game. I was kind of surprised looking at the early returns in this game. But the Patriots, man, they got their act together in the second half and was able to uh, pull out a close victory as they go to two and three in the Titans. I'm sorry, Texans go to one and four in the season. Then we had the Chicago Bears versus the Las Vegas Raiders as the Bears pull out a victory 20-9. The Bears go to 3-2 on the season as the Raiders fall to 3-2 on the season. And man, it was uh, Justin Fields 
throwing his first career touchdown pass in that game. Uh, most people anticipate he's going to have many more touchdown passes over the uh, rest of his career. Uh, but it was a big win for the Bears as they've won two games in a row trying to stay competitive in the NFC North behind Green Bay. Uh, Raiders, pretty much, man, train wreck. Um, and that's, I mean, that's just to say it lightly. As obviously most people know, you had the uh, resignation of uh, Mr. Chucky himself, John Gruden. Definitely, we on Five Sports Podcast going to get into that situation separately. Uh, but the Raiders fall to 3-2 and two on the season. Then we had the Cleveland Browns versus the San Diego Chargers. And, oh, man, this probably was the best game, say, of the weekend as far as action pack as the Chargers win 47-42 to 42 as they go to 4-1 on the season. The Browns fall to 3-2 and two on the season. Mr. Justin Herbert again, throwing for basically 400 yards, four touchdowns in this game. Cleveland, man, gave up 26 points in the fourth quarter of this football game. And this is a team who defensively a lot of people thought was on the up and up. But, man, San Diego definitely, uh, not San Diego, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers definitely brought them uh, down to earth. Please don't kill me, Chargers fans. I'm trying to get it together. Then we had the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York football Giants as the Cowboys win 44-20. to As the Cowboys pretty much came out there and exploded the Giants' weak defense. Dak Prescott threw for three touchdowns over 300 yards passing. Ezekiel Elliott had another strong game with a buck 10 on the ground. Uh, Kadavis Tony came through for the Giants, man. A buck 89 with 10 receptions. Young man out of Florida. Handled his business and then got into a little fisticuffs towards the end of that football game and got ejected. But, man, good luck in uh, New York for the Giants, man. Long season ahead. Long season ahead. Then we had another situation where we had the game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals as the Cardinals win 17 to 10. They're pretty much a 4 0 on the season. Man, they're the talk of the National Football League as Kyler Murray threw for 239 and a touchdown. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins also had a touchdown as well. And the 49ers was like it's the Trey Lance show, man. Trey Lance got a chance to get out there. Be a starter for the 49ers. He had an okay game, in my opinion, as they fall to two and three on the season. Then we had the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs in a Sunday night football game. Definitely was a game I was paying close attention to. As you all know, I have predicted the Buffalo Bills to get to the Super Bowl this season. And man, Josh Allen and the boys handled business. Pretty much Kansas City defense is putrid right now as they fail 38 to 20. As the Chiefs fall to two and three on the season, the Buffalo goes to four and one on the season. Then we had the game on Monday Night Football between the Baltimore Ravens and the Indianapolis Colts, as the Ravens won 31 to 25. Man, what a game! What a game! As the Ravens scored 22 unanswered points, man, to come back pretty much from the dead in this football game. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. I mean, shaking bake, looking like Willie Beeman Jr. out there, man, for 442 with four touchdowns in this game. Had another 60 yards on the ground. I mean, man, this man got an ass on his chest right now, man, as the Ravens uh, win this game and go to 4-1 on the season. So that was a quick look, man, at week number five across the National Football League. Man, you know we're going to get into a little bit more in-depth if we got a bunch of wild and crazy stories coming out man across the national football league so we're definitely gonna dive into that so sit back relax we on five sports podcast
Sports Podcast. Man, week number five in the NFL was another hot week across the National Football League. Had a lot of stuff going on in week number five. And once again, man, I got my NFL correspondent coming through. My man, Dolphins correspondent. What's going on, my man? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Man, man, this weekend was a good sports weekend, man. You know, we had the, you know, the Tyson Fury and Wilder fight. We had, obviously, week number five. Then we had some uh, big-time news uh, Monday evening across the National Football League with Mr. Gruden. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a wild and wacky uh, weekend across the sport landscape, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Some big-time games you're talking about. Alabama going down in college football. You're talking about, uh, you know, Chiefs, Bills, and Bills, you know, basically flexing their muscle and and, and taking on uh, the mantle uh, as league's best team. Uh, you know, you mentioned the fight. One of the better fights that you could ever see of late, definitely for sure. And you know, one of the better ones that kind of went down with, you know, some of the great heavyweight fights in the past. Uh, you know, the great sports week. Uh, you know, and then it caps off with John Gruden's news and and all the stuff behind uh, the the John Gruden story and. Uh, and you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, there's 650,000 emails and I, I guarantee you, uh, every sports publication is out there trying to get some more of that stuff to leak out and some of that stuff to, to, to make its way out and, and see who else is, uh, is as, just as bad as John Gruden when it comes to, you know, racial insensitivity and, and, and doing inappropriate things over email. So it, it, it was a great week. Uh, uh, definitely looking forward to next week as well. But, uh, you know, c- couldn't beat it if you're a sportsman. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. We definitely going to get into that uh, to that groom situation. But I want to get into something that you just mentioned, man, at week number five, man. Big time game, Sunday night football. Definitely was a game that I was looking uh forward to taking a look at you know me and i've discussed on this podcast before i got the buffalo bills and my prediction going to the super bowls we had the bills go up into arrowhead and win 38 to 20 against the chiefs what was your thoughts about that particular game man uh it just it just showed a little bit of what we talked about last week the chiefs defense is horrible you hope at some point spags can get it together but that secondary is 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 in really bad shape uh, the team with the better defense won. The team with the better defense and the more consistent running game won. And no matter how great of a quarterback you have, if you don't have uh, a defense to help him out and you have him out there just airing it out nonstop, if you don't have a balanced attack in the running game, you know, it's not going to work, especially when he goes up against another great quarterback. This game kind of reminded me of those old Dolphin Bill matchups back in the day as a Dolphin fan, where you know the Dolphins had Dan Marino and, uh, and and some weapons on the outside, and they were lighting it up, uh, but they had no defense and no running game. And then they went up against the Bills, who had a good quarterback and Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas with a running game, and they ran all over the Dolphins. And at the end of the day, they the Dolphins could never get over that hunt because their def- the Bills' defense and running game was just too much to handle. And, and again, it's the same philosophy uh, that's been in the NFL from time from the beginning of time. 
no matter how great of an offensive league this is, at the end of the day, it's about being able to run the football and play consistent defense and being able to do that when it counts. Um, and the Bills were the bet, were the team that was able to do that. Yeah, I think that they had the perfect formula, man. I think that, you know, man, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is horrible. Uh, currently, I think that they, the, the Bills, they just use a very simplistic formula. They run the football. They have multiple backs. You know, shout out to Dawson Knox. They got a, you know, a young tight end that's tearing up the league right now. They don't make many mistakes. And defensively, they're just solid across the board. So, yeah. yeah game was a game for what I call for Bunks, man. To me, yeah. teams met last season in an AFC championship game, and that's why I was looking very closely at this game, just to see how the Chiefs react. You know, as the Bills obviously go to 4-1 after this victory, and the Chiefs fall in uh, the 2-3. But yeah, this is what, you know, you know, they definitely may meet again in the playoff situation, but I do think that at this point, I think that currently, they've surpassed the Chiefs on definitely in my power rank. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think not only have they surpassed the Chiefs, I think the, the Chargers surpassed the Chiefs, too. But uh, I, the Super Bowl basically gave teams, and it's a copycat league, you know this, it gave teams the opportunity uh, to see what can work against the Kansas City Chiefs. And it opened and exposed a lot of their flaws. Uh, if you get pressure on Pratt Mahomes, and you try to take away Kelsey as much as possible and you drop a safety deep back there, you can beat them. Because at the end of the day, they, they do have, you know, a big-time playmaker in, 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 in Ty Hill, but he's the only guy. And you see another receiver in there who can go over the middle. I mean, that's why they spent the, you know, in the past, they spent on, on, on number two receivers, they spent some money on those guys trying to get them in there. Uh, because you, yeah, you, you, you need another receiver. You need another guy, you know, Sammy Watkins, they thought was going to be it, but you know, he never materialized, but you need another guy in there to really, you know, put stress on, on the defense. And you just can't have, you know, guys who run nine routes and speed guys all around the field. You need possession guys. You need big body guys. They're going to go up, make tough catches. Kelsey does a good amount of that, but he's still a tight end at the end of the day. He'll work the middle of the field, but you need another guy to go out there. I mean, you look at Tennessee, that's the reason why they went out and got uh, Julio Jones, because you need another guy who's good enough. He doesn't have to be a 4-3 guy, but he's a guy that can get separation, make tough catches in, in, in third downs and crucial points of the game, and they don't have that. And that's a, that's a flaw that was exposed. And then on top of it, you know, the offensive line, they went out and spent a ton of money and picks on the offensive line to try to shore it up. Buffalo went out and did the same thing on their defensive line. They went out and drafted Greg Rousseau. They went out and got some players, and they're putting pressure on everybody. And the, the Chiefs ain't the only one, but they have a weak enough offensive line to where it made a difference. And they, they had Pat Mahomes running all game long, and he didn't have an answer. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much was, you know, trying to play, you know, Superman, Pat, Holmes, Pat Mahomes. And as you know, you know, when they get in that mode, man, it's, that, that means that first and foremost, it's a close football game. And that, yeah, Pat or interception trying to, you know, channel his inner Brett Favre, yeah, you're going to be in the tough trouble with the defense that he has currently. And so definitely also, too, with the receiver thing, I mean, think about it. They just acquired Josh Gordon. I mean, enough said. 
You know, meaning that that shows you how desperate, you know, it's not a shot at Gordon, but it shows you how desperate Kansas City is to get another receiver and that'll be able to help out the likes of uh, Tyreek Hill. Two there things was- on the Chiefs' point, and, and, and this kind of really tells you, tells it all. It's a year where they won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. The MVP Super Bowl really was Damian Williams. They ran the ball down 49ers, folks, and they were balanced. And they hit you. In the play, they ran the ball. And they were able to run the ball. They, they didn't have, you know, an, uh, one of these all, but they had a good enough back who can catch the ball out the backfield and can run the football. They don't have that right now. Edwards Hilaire is consistently injured. Uh, you know, they have, you know, a couple of guys that they kind of do by rotation. But, you know, at the end of the day, they don't have a guy that they can rely on that can consistently get you four or five yards of carry. And that's one of their biggest issues. And until they resolve that, I think it's going to always be a Superman, Pat Mahomes show. And then on top of it, you're starting to see, you know, what happens when you're, you're, you're paying a quarterback $400 million dollars. You lose out on some guys on the defensive side of the ball. You know, you, you let guys go, cornerbacks, uh, um, you know, yeah. they're, they're in need of that. So, you know, you're, you're, you're starting to see what many might consider, you know, a little bit of the fall of, of the Kansas City Chiefs and the decline of the Kansas City Chiefs for a variety of reasons. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And definitely, you know, in a hard cap league, yeah, you give up $400 million to the quarterback, yeah, you're going to cut corners in other areas of, uh, definitely other areas of your roster. It was. game that's in the same likeness. I think that the, both of these teams are going to be playoff teams in the AFC. The Los Angeles Chargers versus Cleveland Browns. And man, oh man, was this a game. I mean, it, at, at, at some point, it was just like, man, the defense don't even, y'all don't even need to come out on the field defense, man. It just was a battle with the offense as the Chargers won 47-42 to with Justin Herbert throwing for uh, pretty much 400 yards and four touchdowns as they scored 26 points in the fourth quarter. My lord, Cleveland. What was your thoughts, man, on, on this particular game, man? I I, I want I, I wonder is it the Cleveland defense that's a little bit overrated or that we underrated the offense of the Kansas of of the I'm sorry, the, the LA Chargers. I mean, uh yeah, they they Mike Williams had a field day. Um, you know, he he was unstoppable. You you thought that that Cleveland's defense, you know, would have been able to get more pressure. Didn't really make a difference in the game at all. Uh, you know, what can you say? I mean, it was, it was, it was a Justin Herbert show for sure. Uh, he was a better quarterback and the better quarterback won. Um, you know, I think that you got to get more out of guys like, like, uh, you know. No, you're not BJ. <laughs> LBJ, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, you gotta get more out of guys like LBJ, uh, but that's because you know Baker isn't really 
it's almost like they're winning in spite of Baker and not because of Baker. Uh, they just basically tell him, hey, go out there and don't crash. And, you know, in games like this, you, you, it can't just be don't crash. We need you to really make plays and do and, and do special things. But, you know, you can't really get mad at their offense. They put up 40 plus points. You know, it, it's really on their defense. And, you know, they would they have to shore up that defense a whole lot more. Uh, I thought the defense was a lot better than what it was, and, and it wasn't, especially on the defensive line. You know, you could double if, if you're doubling, you know, Miles, Miles Garrett, you got to be able to get somebody else to come home, and they weren't able to do that. They weren't able to get pressure rushing four, uh, and you, know, you kind of saw an offense that's dynamic, like 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 the Chargers' offense, that just have a field day. Man, man, it's, it's funny too, man, because, you know, I was thinking about what you said about Cleveland's defense. And I mean, man, look at, like, if you look at their early schedule and the offenses that they faced, this was just like, I mean, outside of maybe the Chicago Bear game, the offenses that they faced, I mean, the AFC, as you know, man, it's a couple teams that's just high powered on the offensive end. So, man, this was a game, you know, like I said, I was kind of looking forward to seeing. You know, how Baker played in this game because Justin Herbert is the hottest thing on the planet right now at the quarterback position. So, as you mentioned, the better quarterback won this game. You know, I think you can't be mad when you put up 42 points as an offense, man. So, you know, Cleveland, they still going through that learning curve, man. They're trying to be a you know perennial playoff team out here. Definitely. Uh, again, it's, it's really going to boil down to Baker because, you know, and we saw it a little bit in the playoff game with Kansas City. You're going to have to make plays as a quarterback. You can't just be, you know, game manager mode. And it can't just be, you know, uh, handing off the ball and hoping, you know, you get Nick Chubb or, or, or Kareem Hunt to, to, to break a big one. You need a quarterback that's going to make some plays, going to make some plays when things break down and is off schedule. You're going to need him uh, to, to, to lead a fourth quarter drive. Uh, and so far, we haven't really seen that from Baker. Um, you know, and until you get that from him in these crucial games against big time quarterbacks, uh, I think, you know, the Browns are a little bit limited. Yeah, man, you're exactly right in the schedule. I mean, it's really, especially when you're, when you're in the AFC right now, man, there's really no easy, no super easy game. So, you, know, you definitely got to pick up the pieces, man. It's, it's a week to week league, especially now in the AFC. It's, it's definitely a week to week league. I think that they're to me have, you know, more big-time offenses on that side in the AFC versus, say, the NFC. So, man, good luck trying to get that defense together, Cleveland. There was another game, too, man, that caught my eye, and it was the Cardinals versus the San Francisco 49ers as the Arizona Cardinals won 17-10 as the Cardinals go 5-0 and on the season. Man, you think the Cardinals for real this season, man? 5-0 and out here, man. I think they're, they're for real because they have a pass rush and anytime you have a pass rush you know with the quarterbacks that are in their division um you can be destructive and you know their offense is going to be on par and they're going to they, they could they could score with anybody in that that not only in that division but in the conference um the defense though you know the way they're able to create turnovers and get after the quarterback that's going to always keep them into a game and again they got a little bit of a running running game. They got James Conner that can do some things. Edmonds can do some things. Uh, and you know Kyler Murray, he's going to scramble and get you some yards. 
the biggest question for them is, you know, keeping Kyler upright, making sure he's not getting hurt, getting hits. Uh, you know, he's going to run around. He's not the biggest guy. Uh, we saw last year we had the shoulder in injury and he wasn't really himself um, after that. So I think as long as he can stay upright and you know their defense, you know, has has some studs on it. They've been drafting defensively for really the past three or four years after they got Kyler. So they got some playmakers out there. So I think they're 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 for real. Yeah, man. I think um, you mentioned the defensive end. You know, we on Five Sports Podcast we definitely was checking out uh, just the news across the league. Leave Chandler Jones is nicked up, which would be you know a nice little significant loss for them. That's true. But I think I heard a report earlier today that uh, Chandler. I, I think he's on the COVID list, if, if I'm not mistaken. If he's not, it, 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 he's on the COVID oh, list. Yeah. yeah, they pulled him. Uh, I seen that uh, just this evening. So. Hopefully he can get back on the field as uh, quickly as he can because to me he wanted my uh, defensive player of the year candidate this season. Without question, absolutely. Man and man, can't forget about in week number five, man, the Monday night football game, man, with the Baltimore Ravens versus the Indianapolis Colts as the Ravens won thirty-one to twenty-five in overtime. Man, Lamar Superman Jackson, man, twenty-two unanswered points, man. This guy, man, just. Whew. Man, what's your thoughts, man, about the uh, about that game and about uh, what Lamar Jackson they pull off on Monday Night Football? Lamar's amazing. Uh, there's no question about that. You know, Lamar, he's gonna do his thing. You you like to see him a little bit more, you know, more consistent in the sense where, you know, the last few games when he gets into rhythm, he's he's Superman. He's amazing, but it takes him a while to get into rhythm. They've fallen behind a little bit. I mean, with the Raiders, he wasn't able to bring them back. This game, he was. Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, part three. Man, man, oh, man. I just got one word, man. I just got one word classic because that's what it was man this boy was a straight up classic i was anticipating this one i'm a big fight fan we on five sports podcast man we 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 love we love boxing man so i was looking forward to it man it was a trilogy fight the legacy fight in my opinion so i was looking forward and so i had as to would say i had the popcorn ready man checking it out and man wilder came out Throwing his jab, you know, doing all the right things you're supposed to do. Shout out to Malik Scott. Looked like Malik Scott got him right. You know, his new corner man and trainer. After the exit of Mark Breland, former U.S. Olympian, former world champion Mark Breland. And man, I thought we had something here. Throwing the big right hand over the top. I had Fury backing up on the ropes. And then things changed. As Fury got back to his action as he normally do, taking punishment, slipping, slipping punches, throwing counter little counter shots. And once again, Deontay Wilder wore down as as he's done in many fights. You know, you know, the whole stamina thing with him, man, it just didn't come around with the Fury trilogy. 
Now I've seen him in previous fights come from basically the dead energy wise man and handle his business with the big right hand. But I thought that Wilder, as most would know, lost an 11 round knockout. Is that he gave it his all, man. He gave it his all, but at the end of the day, is that that right hand just wasn't effective like that against Tyson Fury. And my true boxing fans understand, man, as we saw this in the past, it reminds me of a fight not in the heavyweight division, but in the middleweight division between Mr. Tommy Hearns and Mr. Marvin Hagler. And in that fight, it was all about the right hand of Tommy the Hitman Hearns. He was putting people to straight sleep with that boy. Straight sleep. I mean, the Motor City Cobra, man. And in that fight, Hagler was able to handle that right hand, took the right hand, got cut and all that. Still took the right hand and was able to, you know, just be relentless. And that's what this fight reminded me of from the heavyweight side of, of, the, of the coin. Tyson Fury, I think it's obviously at this point, he's the best boxer in the world, especially in the heavyweight division. You know, as we had the uh, upset with Usyk's becoming a piece of the world. He actually got more belts than Tyson Fury. Now, representing his country on the other side, but definitely Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight in the world. Deontay Wilder, I tip my hat to you, man. I mean, you definitely tried by any means necessary to not be knocked out and to provide a knockout and get your titles back, man. But it definitely was a classic fight. You know, we on Five Sports Podcast, we had it as a very close fight. We had actually Fury in a decision in a very close fight. And Deontay Wilder was one round short of getting to the 12th round and getting to a decision. But, man, was this a fight. And now, and I think Wilder, I don't think his career has been, say, squandered. You know, he got two defeats now. But he still got some unfitness business out there, you know, in the non-Tyson Fury universe, in the heavyweight division. So we'll see, man. We'll see how that, you know, we'll see how everything unfolds with him, man. But it was a huge fight, man. We on Five Sports Podcast definitely had to give our take on the events that happened uh, last Saturday, man. So definitely appreciate y'all listening, man. We on Five Sports Podcast. on five sports podcast man oh man like most people who are football fans man we were sitting back watching the monday night football game between the baltimore ravens and the indianapolis colts and this big story came out that john gruden resigned as the head coach of the las vegas raiders now on this podcast my listeners man you know we've gotten to the Las Vegas Raiders, man, throughout this podcast, man, looked like they were on the up and up at 3-0. And then this story from the New York Times came out with these emails. Man, oh man, what a, man, what an email trail. So, you know we on Five Sports Podcast, got to get into it, man. I got my correspondent back with me, man, Steve, to dive into this definite situation, man. So I'm going to let you have the flow on this one, man. Uh, let you kick it off, man. What was your thoughts about this whole Gruden debacle, man? 
Oh man, uh, I think obviously it's well deserved. I mean, people are gonna go out there and they're gonna scream, you know, cancel culture and all this, but <laughs> there's no job in America where you can send out emails calling people racial slurs and using racial slurs. Uh, you're sending emails with naked cheerleaders and, you know, you're getting fired. It's just the way it is. I mean, it's it's sad because John Gruden, I mean, you know, he, he's built a lifetime in this league and all of that came crashing to crashing down, but it's his own doing. This isn't a one-time isolated email, which is what I thought it was at first, right? We thought it was just one email where he was making fun of Demore Smith, and you know, it was what, ten years ago, and you said to yourself, "Okay, he apologized. We move on." This was a pattern of behavior, and it stretched about eight years, and it was a basically an old boys club where him and some and high-level NFL folks, high-level CEO folks, were were basically just going at it with racial slurs and you know and and we don't know if uh you know some of the uh, the the executives from the from from the red or from the washington football team were were saying some of these things but they weren't stopping john from saying these things they weren't checking them and saying hey john this is wrong you know you know <laughs> let's not call the commissioner the f word uh and i don't mean you know the four letter one <laughs> I mean, the one that's a racial slur. And, you know, they kept this going. And they were, this, this was, this, this was people who were comfortable talking about this and who were comfortable using these kind of tones and, and language. And at the end of the day, yeah, you're going to lose your job over this. And, you know, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. I know the, the inquiry or, 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 the investigation into the Washington football team is over, but you know, there's, there's still, I think a legal uh, case pending, but nevertheless, man, you know, it's just a bad look. And it makes you, it makes you wonder how deep is the, is this just the tip of the iceberg? Are there other emails involving other NFL executives and, you know, speaking like this, did, you know, is, yeah. or is it just John Gruden? Yeah. And to me, the interesting thing, man, and I've been, Acting up, everybody taking this, and I'm just gonna throw a couple things out. As you mentioned, that this started off with the investigation of the Washington Football uh, Team with Mr. Daniel Snyder and uh, this discriminatory case that they had pending. And if I'm correct, that this particular investigation by the National Football League ended on July 1st, meaning that the National Football League was privy to this information. At the, at the earliest you would say June, July and so to me I thought it was very intriguing because you know he made the comments about Demory Smith you know most people say oh, 10 years ago you know hey let it slide I mean Demory Smith is still you know with the Players Association currently you know even though it might be you know on, on, on a thread as far as the reports I'm hearing that they're you know kind of voting to try to get him out of there but he's still in the position so my thing is, is this I, I, I personally believe that the National Football League would not have done anything, but I think that when we heard, say, the, the remarks about Roger Goodell that put a target on his back, 
and that's what to me led to him trying to be an escape goat. I know that every National Football League franchise and team and ownerships are having a scrub of emails as we speak right now. Because to me, this is the tip of the iceberg. And to me, as I heard a, a report this evening, is that the National Football League Players Association is saying, oh yeah, we need all them emails, my man. We need everything. So this thing is, you know, John Gruden is the first shot fired and he definitely deserves to be fired immediately. You know, I'm not sending Mark Davis any flowers either because, you know, we all know, you know, the imprint of Al Davis on you know, Raiders and, you know, his work with, you know, minorities from Archell to Tom Flores. I mean, it goes down the list, former players. So I'm not going to give up Mark Davis any flowers here because he was privy to those particular emails. He still allowed this man to coach on Sunday. And so this is just, to me, just the tip of the iceberg. For real, for real. Well, to do been a big fan of John Gruden. Uh, I mean, you don't give a coach a 10-year contract. You're really enamored with him. Um, I don't, Bill Belichick, though. <laughs> you didn't get that from Robert right. Kraft. So, he's a fan of Gruden, and he brought Gruden in to be the face of the... And he had no intentions of firing John Gruden. The league probably was like, look, you either let him go or more of these emails are going to come out. Yeah, and you bring up Roger Goodell and some of the stuff he says about Roger Goodell, but it, it goes beyond. Look at, I mean, you have the first openly gay player on that, mm-hmm. and and you know, to be on an end, you're be you're the first openly gay player, and you have John Gruden saying, you know, what he was saying. You keep John Gruden on that team it creates a hostile work environment. And on top of that, you get organizations who come in and start chiming in on on protest and they start coming in and they're and voicing their opinions about the league. The NFL doesn't want any of that. Mark Davis doesn't want any of that. And at the end of the day, there's nothing, they left, John Gruden left everybody with no choice but to be fired. And he knew it. Uh, he knew at the end of the day, once once one email came out, he knew he's been saying way worse than that. He knew his days were pretty much numbered. Um, Mark probably went to him and told him, hey, look, I'll try to keep you on board as long as possible. Uh, if the league forces me, there's nothing I can do. But he knew his days were numbered. And you kind of saw it in the play. You saw, you, you saw it this week against the Bears. That team pretty much quit on him. That team didn't come out to play. That's a okay. team that that, yeah, that game was watching the game, and yeah, they was yeah. I mean, they yeah, they just really tanked it up, pretty much, in my opinion. Yeah, and so you know, a lot of the a lot of that had to do with him, you know, and his the, the comment he made on about Moore Smith, but a lot of it was just you know, you, you're the leader of the organization. Remember. This is an organization that's had some issues uh, with this with this regime. They've had some issues. You remember the Antonio Brown situation? Where oh, yeah. Antonio Brown was calling them, you know, he's calling Mike Mayock. You know, they were going back and forth with racial. Well, Mayock didn't, but Antonio Brown was saying some racial slurs, and he he tried to make it seem like you know the way he was being treated was racially motivated, etc. You know, the, there are some folks coming out the woodwork now that are saying John was toxic. 
you know Keyshawn's gonna say that. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna say some bad things about John because he never really liked him. But a lot of people now are you know coming out and saying you know working with John Gruden was toxic. So you know it just shows you never really know somebody. Uh, our perception of 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 John was he was a you know ultra competitive football guy and he was all, no nonsense. He's about football, uh, but. You know, when you harbor these thoughts and you say them multiple, you know, over the course of multiple years, uh, you know, it, it really kind of shows your character and who you are. And you, these aren't just words that you are using; these are, you know, things that you actually believe in. Yeah, it's your belief. It's your, it's your belief system, and you know, as you mentioned earlier about cancel culture, you know, people go back and forth in that. And I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, dude. When you do, when you do dumb stuff, man, like, come on, dude. At the end of the day, I mean, you, you know, had destroying the marks against African Americans, women, um, people who are homosexuals, and we all know. I mean, John is a grown man. You all know when you do that. At the end of the day, especially when you owed upmost of sixty million dollars remaining on your contract, yeah, it's a wrap, dude. Go and get your box and get up out of here. To me, I think though. And something that we on Five Sports Podcast is definitely going to be monitoring the trickle down effects from it because, as you as you alluded to earlier, that email chain. I mean, it reeked good old boy network. And so when you got that in play, I just don't believe that these three guys, whether it's Allen, whether it's Gruden, whether it's the gentleman that's the head of Hooters. I don't think it's just these three guys in this email chain, and so to me, it's gonna be real interesting to see how the National Football League treats this because, you know, and I think that in my personal opinion, I think they're treating Gruden like a Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, he's definitely the scapegoat. Yeah, the the, the league wants this story to go in. I said it again. Uh, I, I said, yeah, the league definitely, Gruden's a scapegoat, and the league definitely wants this story to go away with John Gruden. And unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Uh, you, you know, the the Players Association, although they're not going to get any of those emails, they can ask for them. They're not going to get them, especially if there's any ongoing legal cases. I think some of those cheerleaders are still probably suing the, the, the Washington football team. So there's still some ongoing legal cases involving you know some of those emails so i know the league's not going to hand them over um but i I think i do think the new york times that is to me you know i mean they remind me of a deep throw in the watergate situation with richard nixon meaning that because they were the parties that quote unquote leaked say the additional emails but who knows how much the new york times are sitting on so that's like i said that's gonna be Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing: the the league is what every everybody's saying. The league leaked these these emails out, so they handpicked the ones that they wanted the New York Times to get. Now, if it was if it was like some people are saying, this is just one rogue NFL executive who just said, "Hey, let's leak this out." If that's the case, then yeah, there's potential for more. But if this was strategic by the league. Uh, you know, chances are it, it, they only let out what they want to let out, and somebody's gonna have to do some some good reporting and try to pry pry some information. But you know, uh, yeah, we all want to see what's behind the curtain, and 
you know, who knows? Uh, will we ever get to fully see, you know, some of the more damning stuff? You know, it, it's interesting, you know, when 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 the league suspended Tom Brady uh, for Deflategate, they just they suspended Tom Brady for not handing over his phone. Right. There's a reason why Tom Brady destroyed these these kinds of communication. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying Tom said anything bad, but people don't want these kind of communications to come out. And here, the stu- and it just makes the whole Tom, it just makes I'm sorry, the whole John Gruden thing that much more stupid because you're emailing an NFL executive. You know, there's no expectation of privacy there. There isn't. Exactly. If, if, if it's something that bad, the league's going to look at it and they're going to be, wait a minute, you said this. And it was on on, uh, on Allen's team issued email, so I mean that's that's like paper trail, man. And it's uh, Allen really's the bold guy in this. I mean, just reason why he's out the league, but man, he's sending nude pictures of cheerleaders. Yeah, that was that was on the Washington uh, Redskins uh, at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Right, and and you wonder is Daniel Snyder involved in any of this? And you wonder, uh, are he, is he complicit in any type of way in, in these emails? We find him ten million dollars for a reason. Fire. When there's smoke, there's fire, man. That's why I said that I got a real keen eye on the National Football League because you can get rid of a guy that you owe sixty million dollars to. It is very difficult to get rid of a guy that that's worth about three or four billion, which is probably the estimated value of most owners in the National Football League. Well, well, the the team is probably worth more than three or four billion. Stan Snyder is probably worth closer to ten, but it, it, it he's not going. Anywhere. It just proves to show, man. And and you're right about this, where you know the guys, the league's gonna protect the guys who sign the checks, not the guys who cash the checks. Absolutely. And, and Daniel Snyder is, you know, if this was the NBA. Um, he would have been Donald Sterling a long time ago, but absolutely because this is the NFL, you got to think there's a reason why he's still the owner. He just got suspended for a year, and he'll be back next year. Man, absolutely, uh, square on that one, man. So, man, it's definitely a topic that we on Five Sports Podcast will absolutely get into as uh, more of this is, uh, you know comes out. Man, once again, I appreciate NFL correspondent. Steve coming through, provide some insight on this very uh, uh, crazy story across the NFL, man. So, man, once again, man, we appreciate you coming through, man. We got next week, week number six, we got some NBA uh, cracking off, so we definitely going to touch back down with you, my man. Definitely look forward to it, and uh, thank you for having me on, bud. Oh, man, no problem at all, man. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, man, we want to dive into the National Basketball Association, man, as, man, camps are back, man. We got preseason jumping back in, man. I know basketball lovers out there definitely feeling that. I know I am checking out the different rookies and the different moves across the league, man. Finally seeing these guys in action, just seeing how they look out there on the court for their respective new teams, man. Uh, definitely with their uh, free agency move over the summer. And man, it's a subject, man, we've delved in a few times on We On Fire Sports Podcast, the situation up in Philadelphia with the Sixers and Ben Simmons. As I've said it before, money talk, man. 
I mean, everybody bad and bold, man, until, you know, you stand on your principles, man, and it's actually hurting your pockets. You know, Ben Simmons, man, you're not the first dude, man, that's, hey, let me out of here. But fam, they're not paying you a Monopoly money. Meaning that you, you're still employed by that team, fam. You got to show up at some point or they're going to find you. I'm not sure if Rich Paul passed that memo to you, my man. But that's that's how professional sports teams get down. You know, you weren't griping when you took the money, fam. So at the end of the day, I knew what was going to end in this whole situation as far as him holding out. Didn't see that at all. I think this is a classic case of the NBA just basically trying to push back. This guy got four years left on his deal, man. So at the end of the day, you don't really have any leverage in this situation. You know, I think Rich Paul, you know, them trying to go to the well again, move they move, move that they did with Anthony Davis and other free agents, you know, not free agents, but guys wanting to get out of their prospective situations. But it don't work every time, man. You know, hitting licks don't work every time. Sometimes you're going to fail, man. And to me, this was an epic fail. An epic fail. First, the epic fail is, is that one, it crushed your reputation. Real basketball players look at you or view you as a very soft basketball player and a very overrated basketball player. Looks like you do not take criticism well. You basically told this organization you're never coming back here. But we saw you as of yesterday, dude. You back on that doorstep again. And, you know, we on Five Sports Podcast, man. Straight talk, no narratives over here, man. We just going to keep it 100, man. Like, yeah, Ben, you on goofy mode right now, man. Yeah, you need to pick up the pieces as far as what you really trying to do. Because at the end of the day, Philadelphia has the power, my man. They can trade you to Siberia and get peanuts in return and you just be in Siberia. So, hope this is a lesson learned from you moving forward, man. We'll see how that situation develops. Another situation I want to get into, man, is this Kyrie Irving situation uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. New news came out that Brooklyn basically saying, man, look, you can't be here for all the games. You can't really be here until you get vaccinated. And to me, that is a huge moment in time for the Brooklyn Nets and this Kyrie Irving saga. Because it's basically the Nets putting their foot in the sand. Saying, hey, look, dude. Enough. We've rocked with you through all the other weird stuff that's happened over the last 12 months with you. It's just them saying, man, enough. Now, once again, I'm going to say this again on this podcast is that, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not one of those people that, hey, man, mandated to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Hey, you're an adult. You make the decision what you want to put in your body. You know, we all have choices out here. You're elected not to do so. But look where we at now, man. The pressure of one, not being able to play a game that you love. Two, some of your bread going to be squandered over this whole situation. And thirdly, everybody's looking at you like, dude, you you stifling one of the best big threes in NBA history. Probably the best offensive big three in NBA history at full strength. Real talk. 
Come on, man. So this is definitely something we on Five Sports Podcast gonna get into, man. As this situation develops, man, it's like as the world turns soap pop around here, man. So sit back. We on Five Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast. Episodes available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Also, gas on Twitter at We on Five Sports. We on Five Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast. Man, man, I want to thank you guys for listening to episode number 14. We on Five Sports Podcast. Episode 14. We had a jam-packed one here today as we broke down week number five across the National Football League. Uh, we delved into that whole John Gruden situation uh, with the Las, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Also, too, we got into the National uh, Basketball Association uh, with Kyrie Irving being the last man standing on the COVID situation. Also, too, had a Ben Simmons update. So we had a jam-packed one today, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. Once again, I appreciate all the support. And don't forget, if you do got a question, man, on a topic, man, definitely get at us on Twitter, uh, on We On Fire Sports. And also, too, you can send a, a voicemail to the show. I definitely will play it live on the show, answer any question that you have. So I appreciate it. Episode number 14, We On Fire Sports Podcast.